baseball week opening day is sun it's sunday right well known around the world as baseball week it is oh my goodness to opening day oh my goodness how about that can't it's wait a fantastic day in the fort lauderdale office by the way why is that i was uh, in the break room getting my second uh, coffee yeah. as chris wandered in this afternoon this morning and the soda machine that chris gets his morning diet coke from shut down oh no out of order and it got a big sign on it it says do not use me i am not working and you know i got to say the same thing about myself right now that you're not working all right well yes yeah, do not use me i'm not working big show for heath today on the show uh, best and worst spring performers and what it means. Some fantasy superlatives like most likely to succeed, most likely to be a one-year wonder. Some of Heath's sleepers. He has released a new edition of his sleepers. Those are on the website. We'll talk about some of the names. Uh, the podcast league. We're announcing who's in. At least, I'm gonna read, alright, whatever. You know what? We'll get to that. That's gonna be later on in the show. Podcast league, if you're listening. I think we'll just save it till the end. So, if you don't want to listen to the podcast, uh, I'm gonna, well, I hope you do. But if you're running out of time and you wanna know if you're in the league, fast forward to about, I would say the 50 minute mark. Let's just say right now, 50 minute mark, we'll do that. We'll tell you who's in the podcast, leagues, plural. And we'll read some of your emails, uh, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But enough, uh, pleasantries. Most important thing from the weekend that fantasy owners need to know. Chris Towers, you're not working today, but hit me with it anyway. Most important thing from the weekend. I would say Carlos Rodon's, uh, likely DL stint. Alright, yeah, so Carlos Rodon, biceps injury, an initial MRI showed no structural damage, we should know more today, but Rodon likely to start the season on the DL as Chris mentioned. Remember everyone, 10 day disabled list this year, so could be a short stint, we don't know, but tell me what this means for Rodon in your rankings, on your draft board, what do you think? Well I had him so much higher than everyone else, in the industry that I may have just lowered him down to where he was already being drafted, which means I'll probably steep, still keep getting him. Only now I will get him in the 16th or 17th round. Um, I'm not, I'm not downgrading him much past that. Cause I think there's still so much upside. Like the group of pitchers I dropped him down into are the guys that I'm not really that excited about drafting. I anyway. Yeah. I drafted him to the Robbie, dropped him to the Robbie Ray range, which is 186 overall. Um, I think that's fine. I think that price isn't enough risk and upside. I've got him below Robbie Ray, but right between Ray and Pineda, which is exactly what tells you what we're thinking. Okay. Uh, Heath, most important thing from the weekend? Well, it's probably another uh, arm injury, Stephen Matz. And uh, the latest quote I've seen from Sandy Alderson, it's worrisome. Elbow irritation could start the season on the DL. Mets preparing for a plan B. This is one of hopefully not three or four Mets pitchers dealing with elbow injuries on the season, but they're all concerning, and this is the first domino. And plan B would be plan, I guess, L, as in Lugo, right? I mean, does does this mean Seth Lugo should be on our radar? I don't think they want to start the season with Wheeler in the rotation, and Giselman would be the number four in this instance. So, yeah, I think it would make Lugo number five. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to Wheeler or Lugo. I don't know if they've made a determination on that yet. I know they've been impressed with Zach Wheeler in the spring. So, I would say I'm not going to draft – like, I'm not drafting Lugo or Wheeler ahead of Rodon. Oh, no. They're much, much, much later. I'm not sure either one of them's worth drafting. Lugo is not necessarily great for fantasy because he only struck out 45 batters in 64 innings last year, but he had a 267 ERA. We've seen him in the World Baseball Classic. He's, he's not a bad pitcher at all and definitely maybe like a streamer in mixed leagues, Lugo, if he's in the rotation and maybe, well, definitely, I mean, NL only, you want anybody who's pitching. Um, now look, yeah. that doesn't mean you shouldn't draft Mats. Like, would you draft Mats or, or Rodon at this point? That's, I was just dropping Mats. I, I still feel slightly less worried about Mats than I do Rodon. So I'm gonna say Mats um, over Rodon, but it's, they're back to back. On the other hand, Mats already has a history of injuries, including, he had off-season elbow surgery, right? Uh, yeah, yeah I think so. He had so. the bone chips too? 
Yeah, he had bone chips. Uh, he had the shoulder issue last year. He's uh, always injured. Like Steven Matz has a terrible injury history. Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking that up because I saw somebody say that uh, on Twitter, and he did have the shoulder and elbow issues last year, but before that, it was like a finger or something. I but look at his innings. I mean, he pitched in 2014. Matt's pitched 140 and two thirds innings. That was by far the most he's pitched in a season. He threw 105 and a third in the minors in 2015. Uh, last year he threw 132 and a third. So he just we haven't seen him. We, he's always been beset by something, Stephen Matt's. So let me. I'm sorry. Let me just speed it up here. Would you take Matt's or Rodon at this point? I put Matt's one spot higher. Okay. Yep, me too. All right, so these are like round what, 13, 14 in a 12-team league or later? 16. 16. Right, how about Matt Harvey? Matt Harvey had a had an encouraging start. Like he pitched against a terrible lineup, but um, that happens in spring training for sure. Six innings, two runs, four strikeouts against the Braves. No Freddie Freeman, no Matt Kemp. But they seemed encouraged. The velocity was definitely, uh, I guess, I think a good sign for Matt Harvey. It is, was up. Yeah. It wasn't back. I no, think but I think I there's progress it. there for Harvey. So would would you put him ahead of of Rodon and, and Matt's at this point? Yes. Yeah, but I'd much rather draft Rodon and Matt where I'm likely to get them. See, I, I, I wonder if we're missing the boat here on Harvey because it just feels like he's getting better every time out. That's uh, fine. Yeah, he, he's like improving every time out, but he's still not necessarily good. If that's fair, like I'm he's just started I'm, off so bad. I'm. We've talked about it enough that we don't need to go too much into it. I'm just. I'm really skeptical that he's going to be able to hold up to a full season, even if he gets back to something resembling his former form. I just. I don't buy it. All right. And I'm I'm pretty much avoiding him at this point. Well, I think the most important thing from the weekend, of course, is Greg Bird. Like the guy, it's ridiculous. He hit another home run. He's batting four forty seven, slugging almost eleven hundred, and walking a lot too. Uh, eight walks, ten strikeouts this spring. I don't necessarily, you know, spring training stats are spring training stats. I get it. But last year, Gene Segura had a really good spring. Uh, there were a few players who had big springs and, and followed it up with big seasons. And I think Greg Bird is such an obvious winner. And, and I uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sold on him right now. I think uh, like he's going to get drafted in every league for sure. But I think he deserves to be right up there with like Pujols and Napoli. And kind of yes. – I, I think Pujols is, go, is actually a pretty good sleeper at this point too. But but I don't know. I, I just – I'm really liking Greg Bird, guys, and I want to know how you guys feel. I think Chris is more on in line with you than I am. I did move Greg Bird up a little bit. I, the thing I struggled with, and it's one of Chris's guys that I had a hard time moving him ahead of, was Tommy Joseph. And yeah. so I've got Bird in that Tommy Joseph, Travis Shaw range, right behind the Pujols Napoli belt tier. Yeah, I I'm willing to buy into Bird based on what he did in 2015 in the 46 games, plus what he's doing now. Um, and I talked about it Friday, whenever our last podcast was that his swing is tailor-made for Yankee Stadium, and I think that's what's really encouraging about him, is that he hits so many fly balls, he pulls the ball so much that he's just going to fit in really well there. We've already seen that, and uh, I think the bigger thing is that he's proving that he's healthy. Oh, yeah, that is obviously a huge thing, and that's what you look for in spring training. And uh, I think that at this point, if you want Greg Bird, you might have to take him a little earlier than you wanted to. There's just going to be someone in every draft. Like like I said with Freddie Freeman, like I said with Clayton Kershaw, it's obviously a much lower-end uh, situation, but there's going to be someone who's really into Greg Bird, and he's the trendy guy now. Well, it's like Heath and I with Lance McCullers. Yeah. He probably won't go before like the 12th round in a lot of leagues, but when we draft, he's going in the 9th or 10th round. Same with Paxton, right? Yeah, and I would say Bird. I wouldn't feel crazy taking him in the 12th round. In a 12-team league. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't feel crazy to me either because at that point, at that That's, point, you're talking. not getting any of them. You're not getting in there. I just, I just won't have any Greg Bird, I guess. I'm thinking like Michael Brantley will probably go around that range. I think I'd rather take a chance on Brantley. Yes. Chris? Sure. I think Brantley's probably going to end up going a little earlier. I think I can see Brantley going in like the hundred range. So you, have you moved Hosmer up ahead of, or not, uh, Bird up ahead of Eric Hosmer? 
Uh, no, not yet. Because I think Bird has more upside than Hosmer, but I still think it's far more likely that Hosmer's more productive this year. I think we expect Bird to hit more home runs than Hosmer, but Hosmer, I, I think, could definitely have a better overall season. Hosmer, like Bird, yeah, go ahead. This is one thing that's worth noting about both Bird and Sanchez having sort of mediocre minor league power numbers is I'm pretty sure the Yankees hit play in bad hitting environments pretty much across the board in the minors. Um, so, you know, there could be, there definitely could be a situation where they outperform their, their minor league home run production. Alright, let's do some fantasy superlatives. Part one of two. Uh, part one begins with this. Most likely to be a one year wonder. Jonathan VR, Gene Segura, or Aledmus Diaz? Segura. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is now really going back and forth on this one. I will back him up and say Gene Segura. If only, and I've gone back and forth between Segura and VR. And I guess the reason I would say that I think Segura is more likely to be a one-year wonder is because we have a larger sample size of him not being good. Like VR, his greatness is a much larger chunk of his major league sample size mm -hmm. than is Segura's. Aledmus Diaz is his entire major league sample size. It's just a really small sample size. Okay. Do, do you think any of them will be a one-year wonder between VR, Segura, and Diaz? If you're setting the bar as last year's performance... No, I'm not. I'm setting a bar as like... Being worthy of where they're being drafted, I would say like round four in a 12-team league for VR, round late round five, early round six for Segura, round seven, round eight for Diaz. No, VR and Segura are still both on my bust list. They stayed on the 2.0 version, so I would say I, both of them will be one-year wonders. Ledmus Diaz is probably the exact opposite because no one is drafting him in the seventh or eighth round except for Scott and Chris and I. Yeah. All right. Uh, most likely to regain his first round form. Giancarlo Stanton, AJ Pollock, Jose Bautista. I would go with Pollock here. I have him ranked the highest of the three. Yeah, I would say Pollock as well. Second most likely to regain his first round form. Stanton John or Bautista? Carlo. Yeah, alright. Yeah, Stanton. Most likely to break out, part one. Xander Bogarts, Francisco Lindor, George Springer. I'm going Springer. Uh, I'm definitely going Springer. Um, Chris and I both wanted to put him in our, our breakout columns, but we didn't because he was being drafted too highly. But, yeah, I think Springer could very easily be like a top eight pick heading into Yeah, I think he's the one of the three that has the elite skill set. I think the other guys are very good. Um, but Springer could be like a 30-20 guy. See, I'm going to go Bogarts here. I actually think Bogarts is going to outsteal George Springer. So we heard Springer earlier. Now, it's interesting. Springer's stolen three bases this spring, which is pretty good. And he only stole nine in 19 attempts last year. Um, but he said that he's going to be a little hesitant to run, or at least he sort of implied that. He's only going to run when the situation dictates it because, you know, he's got good hitters behind him. And I, I'm just looking at Springer, and I feel like he's had the same season – Kind of twice in a row, just 826 OPS, 816 OPS. He doesn't hit righties all that well. He crushes lefties. But he was, they were very different seasons, weren't they? Like he had for more power two years ago? Um, uh, you can look up the numbers. But no, he actually had a higher ISO last year. Um, he wasn't that good. Walked a lot more last year. I think there was, like if he just hits 280, I think he's going to have a huge season. Well, look, I mean, Springer, so here's the thing. Springer was this number six outfielder in fantasy and points, number nine in Roto. And you and I, all three of us are right now in that slow draft, that 14-team league. And I took Springer with my second pick. I took him over some, I think, higher upside guys. I think Springer is one of the safest players, as long as he stays healthy in fantasy. Because he's good. He's going to bat a ton. He led MLB in plate appearances last year. Um, and there is breakout potential. So I do like Springer. But I like, I love Bogarts. I don't know, I just, I think he could out-homer him. Well, I think he can come no. close to homers and he'll out-steal him. I, I don't think he's gonna come close to in homers. Well, he did last year, didn't he? It was like six, right? Use percentages, it'll be careful to see. How, how cl uh, alright. Alright, alright. Next up, most likely to break out part two. Andrew Benintendi, Steven Piscotti, Addison Russell. I don't need to answer this one, right? We all know my answer is Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I think I think it's probably Benintendi too, if only because I kind of feel like Piscotty already broke out. 
Okay. And I expect Addison Russell to have a better batting average this year. So if the power numbers stay up, then he'll be better. But Ben Intendi, I think there's also a chance Addison Russell is a better player and a worse fantasy player this season. It's possible. He wasn't very good in fantasy. He last might not year. get 100 RBI again. I don't know. They're projecting him to hit fifth in that lineup. He hit like 225 last year, didn't he, Addison Russell? Something like that. Yeah, he, he probably not, a little higher. He was not good for fantasy. If he if he hits Anywhere fifth or above, well, if he hits fifth, I'd expect 100 RBI. Russell hit 238 last year with 21 home runs and 95 RBIs. Um, all right. You know, I just wanted to say about Benintendi, people are really drafting him pretty early. He's another guy that there's going to be someone in your league that, that takes Benintendi early. And I don't know. There's got to be some risk there. He's not exactly that proven. And he wasn't – last year he – Played pretty well, but he was more of a points league guy than a roto guy. He wasn't a category standout, Benintendi. I, I think there's definitely him. some risk there, and I would really expect him to be a lot like Fiscotti was last year. I mean, okay. 270, 800 OPS, 85 runs in RBI. The big thing is just that I think Benintendi can be a 20 steal guy. Um, that, that one, that's where I think, you know, if he steals 25, 30 bases even, that's where the upside comes in with Benintendi. And I I don't know, maybe it's unfair to expect more than a 270 batting average, but I, he just, he has a very safe profile along with upside because he doesn't strike out much, because he's got a good command of the strike zone. Um, I, I think he could be very good. Would you take Benintendi over Jackie Bradley? Um, no. I think I have Bradley a little higher. Okay. Uh, most likely to break out part three. Go to pitchers here. Jamison Tyone, Carlos Rodon, Sean Manaya. Listen, with Rodon's injury, he's the least likely to be good this year now. He has this huge red flag, but I'm still going to say he's the most likely to break out. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyone. I think he's got Upside that he didn't show last year. Feels like we're treating him like a, just a totally finished product. Uh, well, look, I, he was very good last year. The strikeouts aren't the same as some of the other guys we mentioned, but Rodon, or excuse me, uh, Tyone, very good control, which is something that's really good to see in a young pitcher like that. I'm just worried about that innings increase. I mean, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Last year, after throwing zero the previous two that's seasons. Not how innings increases work, Heath. It's have they ever done it in the past. I see that smile on your face trying to get under my skin. Well done. Injuries, news, and notes. Uh, David Price continues to gain strength. In, by the way, I have like a million injuries, news, and notes. So let's let's see if we can get some pace in it here. David Price continues to gain strength in his elbow. Are you getting more encouraged to draft David Price? No. I'm holding steady. Okay. Yeah. So like top twenty pitcher, but close, pretty close to twenty for price. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, JD Martinez, three to four weeks he's going to miss with a list Frank sprain in his foot. Now last year he missed uh, some time with a fractured elbow, played 120 games. That's kind of fluky, but now this list Frank sprain in his foot, that sucks for JD Martinez. What's your take on that? Not encouraged at all. I wouldn't expect to see him in the majors before May, and I. What do you say? There's a 30% chance there's a recurrence of the injury? I'm putting him right in the Ian Desmond range. It was actually really easy. All right, so remember we did a draft last week where Brantley, J.D. Martinez, and Desmond went in the same round. How would you rank those three, Brantley, J.D. Martinez, and Desmond? Brantley, Martinez, Desmond. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I'm not looking at my actual rankings. I know in a head-to-head league, I'd want to put Brantley at the top. I would say Brantley, Desmond, Martinez. Okay, and would you draft Benintendi ahead of them? Yes. Yep. Lance Lynn pitched only one inning on Saturday. His velocity was in the high 80s. Lynn is dealing with a back issue. The injury is not expected to be serious. He's still worthy of a late-round pick. I freaked out about this until I read the Cardinals' uh, take on it, and apparently he threw one inning, started getting back stiffness, went to the chiropractor, felt fine, is supposed to start Thursday. Assuming he starts Thursday, I don't really have any concerns. 
Corey Seager, he expects to be ready for opening day, but he needs to work on his swing. So if Seager gets off to a slow start, I guess don't be shocked. Oh, no, Gregory Polanco. He's got shoulder discomfort, and Gregory Polanco may not be ready for opening day. And now I don't want to watch baseball anymore. So all that enthusiasm at the top of the show, it's gone. He's, uh, not, a, he's not a Yankee. He's my guy, though. He's my favorite player this year. Hmm. All about Polanco. It's hard, I mean, already already a deal with Didi. We don't need Polanco too. Um, Cleveland outfielder Lonnie Chisinau hurt his shoulder. Might just be a day-to-day thing. They also sent Bradley Zimmer to the minors, but keep that name in your queue. Bradley Zimmer, you know, might might be called up pretty early. Who knows? Uh, potentially good news for Michael Conforto. Juan Lagares left Saturday's game with an oblique injury. Could be serious and would definitely free up some at bats. John Gray left Friday's start with a sore foot, not expected to be serious. Carlos he got Car- rocked in that game. John Gray did? Yeah, I think uh four straight extra base hits right before he was pulled, including a double off the wall by uh Jeff Samarja. Hey. Um all right, Carlos Carrasco, Eduardo Nunez, Devin Travis, they're all back. Yay! Look- looking good right now. Uh St. Louis second baseman Colton Wong is mad. He does not want to be platooned. He said he'd rather be traded than platooned. Well, he should just do a better job of hitting left-handed pitching. Agreed. Yeah, he hasn't been very good this spring either. We're going to talk about the Rays rotation. Alex Cobb was scratched from his Sunday start due to back tightness. We don't know much more. It could be just nothing. Um, luckily, it's not an arm, but Cobb scratched. They signed Derek Norris. He's Is he top 24 catcher, Derek Norris? Right on the uh, edge of top 24, yes. Yeah, I haven't been set my top 20. Would you rather have Norris or Mesoraco? Norris. Uh, it depends, but probably, like, I'm gonna say Mesoraco. Scott Casimir will not be in the Dodgers rotation to start the season. Do we know who will be? No. Brandon McCarthy has a chance, I guess. Yeah, they got a lot of guys. Like, it seems like it's time to... Is Hinjin Ryu healthy? Uh, He has been, I think. Yeah. They've got too many guys. I think you just made him one of the Street Fighter characters, though. Um... I think it's yeah, Ryu. Sure. Uh, according Ryu, to yes. our friends at Roster Resource, it's Kershaw, Maeda, Hill, McCarthy, and Alex Wood. Okay. Yeah, Alex Wood. That's another guy we forgot about. Mm-hmm. Texas signed Rudnett Odor to a six-year deal worth about $50 million, and Cleveland gave Jose Ramirez an extension. And Ramirez, third base eligible and outfield eligible, with Jason Kipnis starting the year on the DL. Do you guys think Jose Ramirez is going to get second base eligibility? He might play some second base for them. There's a chance. Yeah, I think there's a decent chance that he gets second base eligibility. That's awesome. That means he's going to be middle infield eligible, corner infield eligible. Jose Ramirez could be very valuable for your fantasy team. Uh, Ricelli Iglesias could be ready for opening day, and Devin Mesoraco unlikely to be ready for opening day. All right, Heath, let's hear some sleepers. And these are, you know, these are pretty late picks. So these are guys Heath likes based on ADP. First guy on your list that's new to your sleepers column is Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward is having a dreadful spring, and he's trying to rework his swing. He also had a dreadful spring last year. He hit 164 in spring training, which was his worst batting average of spring training. We know what kind of year he had. Now he's hitting 152 with a 326 slugging percentage. So is that bothering you at all with Jason Hayward? It's a good thing that Jason Hayward is basically free in drafts, so you don't have to worry too much about having a bad spring. Do you feel he, that way? Because I, I feel like he's going right before I'm, I'm ready to take him, like 18th round or something like that. Well, I think his average draft position is closer to like 21st, 22nd round last time I looked. It may have changed over the weekend. We had a lot of drafts over the weekend. Uh, no, I, I, I guess— 259. 259. I, but I meant in like in the drafts we're doing. I feel like right. he goes— I don't think—I think— and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the, for our listeners, the overall ADP is probably more relevant. Yes, you're, you are not wrong. Um, but he's like, he's a 27 year old that was a borderline most top 30 outfielder for four years. Yeah. And I just don't believe he lost it. So if I can get that, I didn't, I wanted to put Hayward on my sleepers list for the 1.0 version. But Chris had made me feel bad about using guys who had big names. But then when I saw he was being drafted 259th overall, I was like, screw you, Chris. I'm putting Jason Hayward on my sleepers list. Fair. Good for you. 
And and I I totally agree. Like I had been saying that that was a guy I felt like I was going to get a lot. But I think everybody we draft with feels the same way. Hopefully, right. people I don't draft with normally that I'm going to be doing three drafts Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hopefully, they won't feel that way. Um, but is any is anybody bothered by the bad spring? Terrible. I, I would only be bothered by it if he costs something more than he does. I like your. What are the chances you're going to drop your last round pick? If it's Jason Hayward, pretty good. I mean, but you could be you could be drafting like we always say that right as a late round pick, no big deal. But there are actually a lot of guys that I want in the late rounds. I can't get all of them. So if it's between Ulyaski Guriel and Jason Hayward, now I might be leaning toward Guriel. Yeah, it's not not going to affect it for me. I'm going to go with Hayward's track record. You see, like, but that track record, you take out the 27 homers in 2012 because it's pretty clearly an outlier, right? You're looking at between 11 and 14 home runs in four of the last five seasons. He does have three 20 steal seasons, but his career high is 23. I don't know. Like, I could see, I could see Gurriel being better than that. It's hard to see how Jason Hayward is better than he has been. Like, no, you I don't, don't think, think his ceiling has... is 2012, right? When no. it was 27 and 21. No, I think his ceiling is probably in that 2014-15 range. And that, and again, as Heath was saying, and you don't that's, think Gurriel has a higher ceiling? I don't know. Like, I don't know why what we've seen so far that would make us think that Gurriel has a huge. It's ceiling. seventy. He's not, he's not like a twenty-two-year-old. No, but it's it's seventy games where he was acclimating to a new culture after not playing for a little while. So, I just the pedigree and track record, or the the pedigree and scouting reports. Right. I that he can be a I high average solid his, power guy. His pedigree in Cuba is more important than Jason Hayward's pedigree in the major leagues. Right, but what I'm saying is Jason Hayward's upside in the major leagues isn't that high anyway. It's top 30 outfielder. I don't know that Ulysses Gurriel is going to... Okay, maybe he has higher upside than that. I don't think his odds of reaching that are as high. All right, next guy. Jared Eikhoff. Jared Eikhoff was right around 30th at starting pitcher last year. He and Jeremy Hellickson were like back-to-back. And uh, Heath posted a Twitter poll that was pretty interesting. A little deceiving, if I may say so, but that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you can talk about Jared Eikhoff and another well, yeah, guy. The Twitter poll was basically comparing the numbers of Jared Eikhoff and Aaron Sanchez, and they were pretty similar pitchers last year, other than the fact that Sanchez is a much better ground ball pitcher than Eikhoff. But I feel which... like you, I feel like you said in your story uh-huh. that Eikhoff was a was a better version of. Did you say he was a better version of Aaron Sanchez last year? I may have said something similar to that. <laughs> How can you say something like that? 1.9 walks per nine is elite. Mm-hmm. He was He's an elite control pitcher that has... He's got one stool of the three-pronged uh, FIP stool. Right. He's got a very similar strikeout rate to Aaron Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And 30 home runs allowed. He did give up 30 home runs, but that wasn't really a problem for him in his short stint in 2015. Okay, so you think if those home runs come down, Jared Eikhoff could be a solid contributor for fantasy. Jared Eikhoff has the type of upside to have a season like Sanchez and Hap did last year, where he has a he's going to be a low BABIP guy because of the fly balls. If he controls the home runs just a little bit, and continues to pitch with that type of control, yeah, he's going to throw 210, 220 innings of mid to low threes ERA. Obviously, one thing that helps Sanchez is when he went 15 and two. Right. Uh, I don't think Eikhoff's going 15 and two on the Phillies. Right. But I do think it's very possible he could win 15 games. And just less relevant to the Eikhoff discussion. I do like Eikhoff. He started using his curveball more at the end of last season. It's a good pitch. Sanchez just had more upside. I think just like I think there's there's untapped strikeout potential with him, given how hard he throws the the pedigree that he has, etc. I mean, look, I was kind of just teasing Heath with the Sanchez Eikhoff thing. The bottom line is Eikhoff is has mostly been off fantasy radars. He had a, yeah. a solid season last year. He was a must start for I don't know most of the first half, I'd say, and there is potential there. So it's a good call for sure. Um, Wellington Castillo, I'm going to skip him. We've talked about Wellington Castillo. I know you like him pl- getting more playing time, playing in Baltimore. Ian Kennedy, 
bit of a frustrating pitcher, but again, price tag very low, Heath. So Ian Kennedy on your sleepers list. Yeah, and this actually came from Scott White, who just continued to draft Ian Kennedy over and over and then brag about how cheap he kept getting Ian Kennedy. And I just see, if, especially if you've built a roster like Chris and I do a lot of times, where you've spent three or four pitcher picks in the teens going after guys that have huge upside but almost no floor, this is the type of pitcher that can add a little bit of stability that you can get towards the very end of the draft. I feel pretty confident Ian, Ian Kennedy's going to throw right around 200 innings. He, Ian Kennedy's probably going to strike out 180, 185 batters, and he's going to have an ERA in the mid to upper threes. All right, next up we have Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez is going to be 27 years old in May. He can give you, as Heath mentions in his story, some batting average and some steals late. He's uh, Philly's second baseman. and. Cesar Hernandez walked 17 times before the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, 49 walks, 57 Ks. Uh, so, yeah, are, are you? when are you drafting Cesar Hernandez? Very, very, very late because a lot of, like, I don't even think Scott wants to draft him. So people, if we go into a draft where people are using Scott's, I can just wait until the very last <laughs> round. But And he's currently not being drafted yeah. in ADP. And I think he's an excellent middle infield option if you get to the, late in the draft and you need help in stolen bases and batting average. I would expect he's going to improve on what was a pretty terrible stolen base rate last year. They've talked about how this offseason he's been working with their base running coach, trying to get a little bit better at getting better reads. He has the speed. And I know I'm a, on a little bit of an island here, but I think if he hits the top of the order, he could score a bunch of runs because I expect Michael Franco to be better. I expect the Phillies lineup to be better. All right, and I'm gonna I'm just to save some time and get to some other things before we talk about the uh, before we talk about the podcast league. The last sleeper is Domingo Santana, Brewers outfielder. He's got he's got some talent and another guy that you barely have to invest in. Heath likes Domingo Santana as a sleeper. I am looking at an email. I forgot today was the first day of Fab for our auction league. <laughs> Heath Cummings with a $12 bid on Coda Glover. You now have the guy we expect to be the Nationals closer. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I, uh, I think I got Coda Glover in two different leagues because I had four fabs run last night and uh, missed him in another. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by it. I he When we get to bold predictions a little later in the week, there may be a Coda Glover bold prediction. Chris, let's go through some of these other transactions, actually, because they are about some relevant spring training players. But first, let's talk about SeatGeek. Have you guys downloaded the SeatGeek app yet? Get on that. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be way too complicated, but there's a better way, a simpler way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. The smartest, the easiest way to get tickets to live events. Use SeatGeek and use our promo code FANTASY, all caps, FANTASY. You're going to get 20 bucks back after your first SeatGeek purchase. So you want to go to a game, you want to go to a concert, you want to go to the theater, search for the event on SeatGeek. SeatGeek is going to save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites, comparing prices, letting you know what the best deals are. You're going to see a bunch of results for tickets, and SeatGeek makes it very clear and obvious. This is the best value. Or, if you prefer, these are the cheapest seats. You just want to get in the, into the event. That's all you want to know is sort by price, and you can do that. So stop doing all the work. Let SeatGeek do the work for you. It's the best way to get tickets. Now, to get that $20 rebate I mentioned, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter the promo code FANTASY, all caps, FANTASY. SeatGeek's going to send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code FANTASY. All right, so Joey Gallo was dropped in the league, Chris, so yeah, you can go put in a bit on him. Um, yeah. But Danny Valencia was added, and Joey Gallo was dropped an $8 bid on Valencia seems a little excessive to me out of a $100 budget. Yeah. But one thing I'll say for all of you playing in fab leagues, especially in a roto league where like guys drop or, or girls drop out because their team sucks halfway through the season, I am a little more aggressive with my fab dollars early. And um, you can get bargains late because people just stop playing. It's also just an impact free agent added in April is more valuable than one added in August. Absolutely. Now – are you, I don't know if you're looking at the transaction, but here are the guys who've been added. Andrew Tolles, uh, Charlie Morton, who's had a great spring for the Astros. And velocity is way up, according to, uh, to reports. Matt Bush was added. I'm not sure why. 
Uh, it could be somebody that's going with the reliever heavy approach and just wanted another one. Drop Sean Doolittle to add Matt Bush. Uh, Tyler Skaggs was added. Jason Hamill was dropped. I might put in a little Jason Hamill bid there. I don't think he should be dropped for Tyler Skaggs. Mm-mm. Okay. I added Daniel Norris for a dollar. I dropped Zach Davies. I like it. Pablo Sandoval to Scott White dropping Houston Street. Fine. I yep. can't believe I forgot about all this stuff. I, I forgot about that. I put that Daniel Norris bid in last week, and I completely forgot it. There were other guys I wanted, like Patrick Corbin, who Scott picked up, dropping Shelby Miller. Ooh. Disagree. Yeah? Disagree. Chris Chris is all aboard the Shelby Miller hype train. Really? Is it still going? Uh, at at a 401ADP, yes. Uh, but is is there still hype on Shelby Miller? No, no, it's, it's a one man hype. It's one of those, like, you know, in the <laughs> cartoons, like when it's just the thing on the, the track and you just like, you push the thing up and down, you know? I, you, that was one of the worst. Riding him like a Shelby Mustang. One of the there worst descriptions go. I've ever seen. Um, yeah, Shelby Miller has a 736 ERA in spring he's, training. He's had one bad start, but he's got <laughs> what? 24 strikeouts in 14 innings or something? No, he has 18 strikeouts. I was including his most recent minor league start. He's throwing, <laughs> he's throwing 99 miles an hour. He's been good in the past. I don't know why we're just acting like Shelby Miller just doesn't. Win. Uh, just so you know, when you're talking about bad pitchers, K percentage is often more times a little bit more uh, indicative. We don't have K percentage for the spring. Okay, because K per nine sometimes inflated by pitchers that can't get out. Yeah, we don't have K. I just I don't understand why we would be. Excited about Lance Lynn and just like ignoring Shelby Miller. Alright, and you're right. It is that spring ERA is mostly one terrible start against Oakland. Uh and Tyler Naquin was added, Brett Gardner was dropped. I'm not sure I agree with that one. Yeah, I don't like that. In a roto league. Uh alright, so that kind of leads us into the spring performers. Talked about Greg Bird, but here are some other corner infielders that are having really good springs. Ryan Healy, who was awesome. Last year with uh, with Oakland, I'll get the numbers out for you. Uh, but Ryan Healy, Nick Castellano sitting 367 with four home runs, and Pablo Sandoval homered on Saturday, and he's having a really good year. Ryan Healy, by the way, batted 305 with a 524 slugging, 13 homers, 20 doubles in 72 games last year. Uh, so yeah, between Healy, between Sandoval, who's the other guy, and Castellanos, who are you most excited about? Uh, Healy and Castellanos, and then a pretty wide gap between them and Sandoval. I think Castellanos, still young enough, showed some breakout potential last year before the injury. Um, and, and I buy Healy as a 20-25 to 25 homer guy. Yeah, uh, first 82 games, Castellanos had an 895 OPS, 307 batting average with 17 home runs. He was a stud. Um, and then he slumped. He had a 207 ERA in 23 games after that, and then Castellanos went on the DL. So he's coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, okay, also, spring performers, Will Myers. Now, I mentioned an ESPN article I read, a, about, I don't know, about a month ago, saying, citing a study that said that walk-to-strikeout ratio, plate discipline, those types of things tend to be uh, more, tend to matter Stick. more. Yeah, tend to matter more in the spring than um, than traditional stats. Will Myers has 11 walks, 11 strikeouts. That's cool. But That's very cool. Last year he had nine walks, 13 strikeouts, and did not have that kind of ratio in the regular season. But he did have a very good first half. He did. He sure did. And then he got fat and happy and didn't try as hard in the second half, according exactly. to Will Myers himself. He did say that. It's not yeah. a, a ridiculous explanation, right? He said he got complacent. Yeah. I think that's takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Uh, Corey Dickerson having a good spring, and Corey Dickerson is reportedly going to or likely going to lead off against righties. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely liked him last year. I think there were some Babbitt issues for him last year. I I think there's some sleeper appeal there. He created some of those Babbitt issues. Yeah, though. by becoming a, a more extreme fly ball hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Corey Dickerson. Jabari Blash... Has six home runs. Rajay Davis has six steals. And Mitch Hanniger is just having a monster spring. He entered Sunday. Hanniger hitting 403 with nine doubles. Just doubles every day. 
It's exciting. I mean, is Haniger a must draft now in a five outfielder league? Uh, sure. Yeah. He should be drafted. Haniger or Hayward? I would rather have Haniger. I would rather have Hayward. Alright, bad hitters. Jason Hayward. Josh Bell. Josh Bell is batting 094. Oh my that's, gosh. Um, that's a concern when you come back from uh, an injury quickly. Yeah, so he's having a terrible spring. And Travis Darno is actually having a good spring. He has a 926 OPS. But Travis Darno, I think I read on Sunday or Saturday, he was 0 for 12 throwing runners out. Technically, he was 1 for 13, but one of them was like a pickoff or something he got credit for. So he's he's 0 for, he hasn't thrown a base runner out all spring, and we know he has problems with this. So I, I do wonder if that limits Travis Darno's upside a little bit playing time-wise. I don't, I don't think they're going to bench him. Like, if you were going to have a catcher, and I think it's not just Travis Darno, the pit, the the Mets pitchers are pretty bad uh, with stolen bases, especially no Syndergaard. But if you were going to have to live with a catcher who can't throw people out, the Mets rotation is the one you would choose to do that with. What if you were going to what? Say that if again? you had to live with a catcher. Okay. You can't throw people out. You would want it to be with the Mets rotation because they strike a lot ah, of guys out anyway. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And All the right. The fact that he has a 926 OPS and has reworked his swing um, is encouraging. Yeah, the guy can hit. I mean, two years ago he had he was a very good hitter. Travis Darno. It's a terrible year last year. All right, let's talk about some of the good pitchers from spring training from over the weekend and, and all throughout the spring. Ian Kennedy has uh, not given up an earned run and has 19 strikeouts and 17 and a third. Willie Peralta has an ERA under one. And he, you know, like the walk-to-strikeout ratio stinks, but he Peralta did some good things last year late. Uh, Ty, Tyler Skaggs, one run uh, in his last outing in four innings, and he's had a nice spring. Michael Waka's had a good spring. Charlie Borden, as we talked about. Francisco Liriano, 188 ERA and seven strikeouts against Baltimore and four and two-thirds on Sunday. Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove and Mike Fires are both going to start the season in the Astros rotation. They will have a little bit of an audition before Colin, Colin McHugh comes back, but Musgrove uh, had a very good start over the weekend. And then we got two Tigers guys. Anibal Sanchez, who's... A big story right now in spring. He changed his arm slot, or he is changing it, working on that, and he's having a very good spring. And Matt Boyd, I mean, I read an article about how Boyd is making a push to be in the rotation. I don't know who he would kick out, Daniel Norris, Anibal Sanchez, but Matt Boyd is having an excellent spring. I am under the impression, and this could be wrong, but I'm under the impression that Daniel Norris is going nowhere. He will be in the rotation. I would think so. It's possibly coming down to Boyd and Sanchez. Animal um, Sanchez seems like he's at the point where he's pitching for his career. Yeah. You don't really change your arm slot at 34 unless you are. Well, is, is he it 34? Man. Is anybody interested? I, I gave a lot of names there. We know Kennedy's getting drafted. We know Liriano's getting drafted. Uh, out of Willie Peralta, Tyler Skaggs, Michael Waka, Charlie Morton, Joe Musgrove, Anibal Sanchez, Matt Boyd, who interests you as a late-round flyer? I, I love the fact that Musgrove is going to end up in a situation where he's going head-to-head with Fires against major <laughs> league lineups, and the winner gets to keep a rotation spot because Mike Fires is going to lose that battle. So Musgrove, I, I am upgrading. Uh, yeah, I like Musgrove as a sleeper. Uh, it's worth noting Liriano still not being drafted, only 326 at CBSSports.com. Um, Ridiculous. It's It's dumb. Like, he should definitely be drafted, and he's in my top 200 at this point, probably top 175. Um, yeah, Musgrove is probably the most interesting. The, the Morton stuff with the reported, you know, one, two mile an hour increase on his fastball velocity is very interesting as well. He's just been, Charlie Morton has been such a bad pitcher. Yeah. Like, I just can't even give him two more miles per hour. I don't know that Charlie Morton's a good pitcher. Um, I don't know. We haven't really seen him with a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, but he, I mean, he could be. I don't know. Like, I, I'm i always going to be interested in guys that show that kind of increase in their physical tools. All right. And just finish it off with guys who are struggling this spring. Taiwan Walker's had three bad starts in a row, but 
Two walks, 28 strikeouts. It's pretty good. In 22 innings. Blake Snell is having a dreadful spring. And we're gonna yeah. do bold predictions. One of my bold predictions is that Blake Smell, Blake Smell, Blake Snell gets demoted before the All-Star break. Uh, Lance McCullers is not having a great spring, but he also has a very good walk-to-strikeout ratio, which is encouraging. Two walks, 18 strikeouts, and 12 innings, and only one home run allowed. And dude, Wade Davis! Wade Davis! Best reliever in baseball. 1964 ERA. Joe Madden is not worried. He says the velocity's fine. It's only been three and two-thirds innings, but nine hits, know. five walks, six strikeouts. Yeesh! Yeah, I'm not really... Like, Taiwan Walker has been really good and really bad, so he sounds a lot like Taiwan Walker. Lance yeah. McCullers has been good enough over two partial seasons. I'm not worried about him. Not really concerned with Wade Davis at all. Blake Snell is starting to worry me. Yeah, I think you have to be worried because it's kind of the same issues that he had last season is that his control's really bad. And, you know, 24 hits in 19 innings, that could just be bad luck, but I don't know. He... He doesn't seem to have figured it out yet, and um, he's outside my 200 right now. I haven't exactly moved him down because of the spring, but I'm under. I'm feeling very little pressure to move him up. I'm moving him down. Blake Snell moving him down. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's do some more fantasy superlatives, and then we're going to tell you who's in the podcast league and update you on the bracket challenge. We had two people tied for first place. I had to break the tie last night. Uh, so that was that was tough. It was a tough personal decision. The they didn't both get in. No, I said I was going to break the tie. How did you break the tie? I went with the guy who had both member, both teams in his championship game still oh. in. It was tough. Uh, but yeah, that seems uh, what? Awful. And you could have just put them both in. Yeah, I, this is how this is how it was going to be. I said I was going to break the tie. That was part of the who rule. Who got left out? Jason Green is in. Nick Segrist got left out. I'm very oh, sorry. Oh, Nick. Sorry, One Nick. of our best listeners. I'm sorry, Nick. You got screwed. I'm sorry. Wow. I am very sorry too. I want to thank you That's for participating. 94 points for both of them. Very, very impressive. Um, check the standings here. Let's see how we all did. Heath thought he was going to win. I fell apart over the weekend. Heath is now in 179th place, which is good. Chris is in two. No, that's a different Chris. 153rd place. All Ooh. right. And Number I one. am crushing it, 615th place. Way to go, yeah, me. But not as bad as Scott White, 853rd place right now. Wow. Let's see how Dave and Jamie did. Dave Richard is in 1,199th place. <laughs> His entire Final Four is gone, I know that. And wow. Jamie Eisenberg, 665th place. Is that better oh, than I'm me? I'm the best. Yeah, way to go. Good job, Chris. Man. You're the man now, dog. Uh Exactly. Fantasy Superlatives Part 2. Most overlooked. Carlos Beltran, 173rd overall. Albert Pujols, 137th overall. Or Cole Calhoun, 181st overall. I would say Calhoun. Yeah, I'll go with the non-AARP member. I'm going to say this. I don't know that Pujols is going that early, 137 overall. I feel like he's gone a little later, and I do now think that Pujols is getting very overlooked. Like you don't think he's going that early in our drafts? In our drafts, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. like no, I'm not doubting the. Yeah, there's numbers. I'm not doubting the data. I'm saying in our drafts, saying it's fake news because I I think these these numbers might still be influenced. There, these are very these include all the early numbers too. So Pujols had the yeah, injury. but we're six days away from the start of the season. It's it's a lot of all right now numbers too. No, Cole Calhoun, 348 on base percentage last year. If he does that again this year, listen, that's not a good lineup. But he's in a good place. It is worth Pujols has been good in the spring, which yep. is better than I expected given that he was coming off foot surgery. So that yeah, is I'd put Pujols second on the list. Most likely to succeed, part one. Javier Baez, Yasiel Puig, Carlos Gomez. Uh, I guess I would go Puig. Baez, Puig, so Gomez. have him ranked higher? Is Carlos Gomez okay? He's healthy. dinged up. I know that. He's always dinged up. But he jammed his shoulder the other day, sliding into a base, I believe. He looks like he's began swinging yesterday. I'm going to go with Puig just because Gomez is dinged up. I think you have to put Baez third because he doesn't even have a starting job. Most likely to succeed, part two. Garrett Cole, Zach Granke, Danny Duffy. Garrett Cole, easily. Yeah, Garrett Cole. 
most likely to be added early in the season. David Peralta, Carter Caps, Jerickson Profar. Is Carter Caps going to be on the opening day roster? They I, are, I think they're still... If Carter Caps is on the opening day roster, I will say him. No, I, I think there's a chance he starts the year on the DL. But it won't, but it might not be a very long stint for Caps. So it's Peralta, Caps, and Profar. I'm going with Caps. I'm going with Caps for sure, except I've already drafted him in a couple leagues, so. Alright. And last one, most likely to be terrible. Dallas Keiko, Felix Hernandez, Danny Salazar. It's gotta be Keiko. Oh, for sure. He was the most terrible of the three last year. I, I mean, it does not have to be say, Keiko. Like, Danny Salazar, because of how bad he tends to be on a per start basis, you know, he could be terrible in his first start. Uh, I think that Felix Hernandez could definitely be an answer to this question. It does not have to be Dallas Keiko. You are, well, you're the, you're the Dallas Keiko guy. But I'm also, but Felix was better than Dallas Keiko last year. Yeah, but not, but not because he was good. They well, both were bad. He had an ERA almost a full run better. Yeah, they both were bad though. I, yeah, I guess, sure, yes. Right. I, I'm optimistic about Felix, uh, with the gains in velocity he's shown so far. Heath, let's, uh, let's give the people what they want. Yes, for the people. Now, here's what I'm gonna say. I don't know that we're gonna have time to read all of the limericks for both of our leagues, because there's a lot of people we're letting I, in. I do not have all of the limericks for all the people I selected at the ready. Oh, okay, good. Well then I'll just read the, the, so there are two podcast leagues, the 12 team head to head points league. Uh-huh. I selected eight people for that league to join the, the three of us and Scott. There's the 16 team head to head categories for the people league. Heath selected 14 listeners plus Team Scam, which is me and Scott, right. and Team Kreeth, which is Heath and Chris. So let's read some some limericks. And I, w- I will say I didn't choose everybody exclusively based on limericks. I chose two longtime dedicated listeners who haven't been in a podcast league. I chose one uh, veteran of the Iraq War because I have a soft spot. I think we all do. But I also chose Joe from Poughkeepsie because he said – this limerick. St. Paddy's Day limericks are fun. And with you, I'd like to share one. But I've drank too much beer, and my mind's far from clear, so unfortunately, I've thought of none. And I like that. Very good. Yeah, that's good. Joe's that's in. Good. And then Jake in Kansas City wrote a poem called What is a Limerick? But Jake and Casey is one of those long-time listeners. Like, this is a very long poem. I don't think I'm going to read it all. I don't think I'm going to read it. It's just It's going to take, like, a minute and a half. But I appreciated the effort. Jake and KC emails us all the time. You are one of our dedicated listeners. Jake and KC, you're in the Podcast Points League. Um, Peter Benegar is our Iraq war veteran who, uh, he said, I, for many years I listened to several podcasts until last year I concentrated on the one that was the best mix of entertaining and information, CBS Fantasy Baseball Today, and I finished first, second, second, and fourth in my leagues. Uh, during the last decade, I've been working hard as a registered nurse while helping my wife through medical school and residency. We have two children with one on the way. I've earned a master's degree, and my wife is now 18 months from finishing her residency. I would love to give her the gift of a fantasy baseball podcast championship. P.S. I am also an Iraq war veteran. This guy inspires me. Peter, you're in the freaking league. You're the man. Uh, Thad says, I don't want to be in the podcast league. I need to be in the podcast league. My job sucks. My wife is constantly mad at me. All of my friends have stopped being fun. And honestly, fantasy baseball is really the only thing I look forward to. So, Thad, you're in the league. Now, there were some limericks, though, that definitely got people in the league. And the reason why I didn't only choose the poems is because I knew that Heath was obviously going to choose a lot of very good ones. So, um, this is from Adam and St. Pete. 80s movies are the best, but I am only 32, so I can't attest. I've watched a plenty over my quarter century and have compiled a list for the rest. Airplane was the funniest to see. And how can you discount Stand By Me? The Thing and E.T., Earth Girls Are Easy, were all enshrined in 80s glory by thee. What about Spaceballs or War Games? Are these all too, uh, are these all-time classics or too lame? The Dark Crystal too freaky, Ferris Bueller too cheeky, Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles aren't the same? But best of all, I must say, is the Goonies. Who doesn't want to find treasure in the boonies? And with Adam, I will agree, unless I'm rejected, then it's Heath for me. That breakfast club is for the loonies. 
Yes. Bucker's Club sucks. Very good. Awesome. Limerick, Adam, and St. Pete, you're in. Uh, this is from Mark Brown. There once was an ageist named Heath. As Chris spoke, he gritted his teeth. Chris exclaimed, Heath, you're wrong. Cruz will hit 50 dongs, and you'll cry out in disbelief. Now, this placed a chip on Heath's shoulder as his temperament started to smolder. Too much Taylor Swift sent your senses adrift. You'll understand more when you're older. Up to now, our dear Scott had been silent, as he's never been one to get violent. Though time I've been biding, with Heath I am siding. That many dongs, I don't buy it. The decision has come down to me, Adam shrieked out with nothing but glee. A hipster, an ageist, but Scott White is my favorite. Fifty dongs, I cannot guarantee. Chris feared that he looked like a clown, so he told Adam's secret aloud. Adam uses computers and tech from the future to lower his voice octaves down. Excellent. That's good, right? There we One go. of our best. And we got so many good submissions, but that was really We good. got so many. I was sitting there at my computer last night cracking up and uh, unable to, to choose so many good ones. So I want to thank everybody for participating. Uh, Jason Green is the Bracket Challenge winner, and Reggie King... Reggie King uh, is another one of our loyal listeners that gave us an 80s movie because we had that you know the whole Mount Rushmore thing a 1980s movie bracket of 32 yeah. movies uh, that was just so cool like who does that 32 movies he put in a in a tournament style bracket <laughs> he put the Little Mermaid as a four seed in the Southwest uh, the one seeds are the right stuff which I did never even heard of E T Terminator, the original Terminator, and Aliens. So it's really cool. A lot of effort, and thank you for that. So there you go. There you have it. Joe from Poughkeepsie, Jake and Casey, uh, Peter Benninger, 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 Thad, Adam and St. Pete, Jason Green, and Reggie King. You're in the podcast league. All right. Who's in the Rejects League? For the People League, I've already given one spot away on Friday to Rupert in Scotland for composing a limerick that included me covering my dongs with a leaf. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So, like, obviously he's in. Ryan McGarry, our good friend Ryan McGarry, who has done many things to try to get in, and I just want to be clear that Ryan McGarry did not get himself in. His fiance actually sent us a message, and it got Ryan McGarry in. So, Carrie, congratulations. You got Ryan in the league. John Clary is in the league. I'm not going to read all these. Uh, you, you want Tom, to read any of them, or I, I'm going to read some of them. There's okay. a, there's a couple that I want to uh, highlight. Okay, okay. Uh, Tom, you think it's a Reccio? Yeah, sure. Reccio. Vecchio. We've got Brent Erickson, who has um, trolled me for a while now about being too mean to Scott. He's also sent in a few submissions. Trolling me is a good way to get into the league, apparently. Uh, Clay Dunker is in the For the People League. I am looking for one thing, and I have the names, but I do not have the person that sent us this. Dang it! Adam, talk for a second. Okay, yeah, so... Trolling Heath, Chris. That's all it takes to get in the league. There's gonna be like 500 people in the for the people podcast league. Yeah, I realized most of the limericks were trolling Heath. I would say oh, like there was 60. percent There were so many Heath limericks. Oh um, man, Heath and the star I think of the show. Good. I think that's deserved. I think Heath is too confident and needs to be knocked down a peg. Heath seems to be under the impression that people like him. Ah, uh, people, they're coming around. Uh, I actually, you know, I do want to address, we've gotten some, like, some emails, like, do you guys really not like each other? Yes. <laughs> we like each other very much. I actually, are, are you ready, Heath? Like, what the heck's going on over there? Yeah, uh, okay. we're going, giving an entry to Nathan Pickle for coming up with the Fantasy Baseball Today drinking game. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. That was awesome. You get one drink. Uh, I, I actually tweeted that out a couple yes. weeks ago. Just a few fun ones. One drink whenever Heath or Adam have a player opinion based on their favorite team bias. Greg Bird, one you would have been you would have drinking a lot of Greg Bird and Ian Kennedy today. One drink whenever Chris or Heath say regression. Oh. Two yeah. drinks whenever Adam has one of those high pitched, truly genuine laughs. <laughs> Three drinks whenever Adam sings. Oh yeah. 
Uh, four drinks for Team Name Tuesday because that's the most painful of all time. <laughs> uh, Bill Branch is in the league. Michael O'Brien, Griffin Lee, Jeremy Sweet, Tom Brown. And then one final name that Adam sent to me today. What is it, Adam? Oh. Corey Abigail Green. There once was a girl from New York who had to remove a cork. She'd listen to the show with a glass of Bordeaux, that tipsy podcast fan from New York. You're yeah. in. Yeah. Because we wanted, we wanted a female representative. There you go. I, you know, we did not get as many female submissions as we did last year. No. I don't know what we're doing wrong. And didn't we have a, didn't we have a lady win our podcast for the People League last year? Yes. Yes. Right. So. We had like, keep well, we had like three of them in last year. But we had oh. uh, the winner, I'm saying. Was it Paula? Uh, Clay, Clay Dunker did something unique as well. He created this thing that you guys didn't participate in. But it was a play, player passcode. It's a thing he creates for his students because he's a teacher. And it was a game where you had to like guess clues to see who your players were. Hmm. And my clues were all match the player with their hometown brewery. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. I would, I just got to thank everybody for being creative, taking the time. And, uh, it means a lot to have all the, all these emails in our inbox to go through and just to people that want to play in leagues with us and just to listen and it's awesome. So thanks again and congratulations to everybody who's in the podcast league. I wish I could get everybody in. Uh, better luck next year. Hopefully you, you know, we'll keep on, keep on listening and keep on playing bracket challenges, stuff like that. Ones that end after the, after the Elite Eight, which is weird. Um, but yeah, thanks again. We appreciate it. And the league's Tuesday night is the points league. Wednesday night draft. Oh no, no, no. Wednesday and Thursday. No. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday night is the points league. Wait. Thursday is the for the people. Yeah, tomorrow is my keeper. We'll league, get so. invites sent out. What by tomorrow? Yeah, probably by by today or tomorrow for the for my league for the you know points league. But uh, yeah, that's it. All right, we're done. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow. Goodbye.